overweight and nothing works? Welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System and broadcast from the beautiful studios at St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. I'm Stephen Clark. Obesity is a huge problem in America, but it's especially bad in the Bronx, where an estimated 40% of adults are considered obese. With me today is Dr. Nissan Namias, Director of the Weight Loss Surgery Center at SBH Health Center. Welcome, Dr. Namias. Thank you for having me. So why is obesity such an issue in the Bronx? Well, uh, obesity is a multifactorial problem. It stems from uh, all the way from genetic factors to, you know, the way we eat, our, our reality, uh, the foods uh, uh, that we are exposed to. And uh, it, has, uh, it, it has taken a lot of uh, roles and changed over uh, generations as well. So I, would, it's, I think it's fair to say that it's a multi-determined uh, problem. Now, in the Bronx, uh, we have a lot of Spanish people here. Is their diet conducive to becoming overweight or obese? You know, I, I think uh, we associate uh, culturally food with uh, a lot of events that are important. And different cultures eat different things. But I, I would like to think uh, that we can shy away from pointing out the finger or blaming a, a particular group and start looking at the population in the Bronx as an heterogeneous group of people that eat in bodegas, that don't cook much at home, that need a lot of guidance towards the healthier and and more, uh, you know, conducing uh, ways of life that we would like uh, to have ourselves. Well, I, I guess there's a problem. There's a lot of fast food in the Bronx. A lot of people drink soft drinks, and I guess that certainly doesn't help, right? Right. Sedentarism is definitely a big thing. And, uh, you know, we are a very hardworking group of people. So we basically are eating and walking. We we get fast food delivered to us via our cell phone. We, we don't even have to talk to an individual. We just click on an app, and then uh, a delivery person drops the food in our lap. So our sedentarism has become prevalent because we we have all these uh, things that just a generation ago were not there. It's and too we, easy. It's too easy to order the wrong food. It's incredibly easy, and it's incredibly everywhere. We don't have to get out of the hospital to walk across to the to the corner store to get a sandwich when the sandwich can come to you to your office. Right, right. Now, now you're a bariatric surgeon. Who is the best candidate for weight loss surgery? So uh, when we think about the, the ideal candidates, uh, I would have to, to make emphasis to it's not necessarily the biggest patient. It is that patient that has realized that obesity is taking a toll in their life. It's making it harder for, for them to tie their shoelaces, to get around, to do their daily activities, and have realized that they don't want to live this way anymore. If we think about qualifications for surgery, having uh, something called a body mass index, which is a measure of our height and our weight, uh, of a 30, a number that, that reaches 35, if you have a, a, a smartphone, you click uh, 
BMI and it will give you uh, a method so you can calculate it. But basically you plot in your height and your weight and it tells you a number. If it's 35 and you have you know, medical problems like diabetes, high blood pressure, or other medical problems like asthma, uh, then definitely with 35 or more you will qualify. If the number plots over 40, then that's all you need. I guess a lot of people need to get to a certain point in their life when they say, you know what, I've tried all these weight loss programs, I've tried exercising, nothing seems to work. Would you say that's the case? I would say, in average, patients have tried fat diets, they have gone to the gym, they have done the due diligence, and they have thought about this uh, surgery interventions for at least two years prior to coming to my office, and they see me as the last result. I I know, I I spoke to one of your patients, a bus driver from the Bronx, and she said that she had spent, again, two years. Her weight had yo-yoed back and forth. Nothing seemed to work. And she just said, you know what? Time's now. Steve, I've been going to the gym for four months in a row. I have lost about five pounds. And I'm really working out three times a week. It's not an easy thing to accomplish. It requires consistency. It requires a lot of time investment. And and uh, if you think about uh, most people don't have the privilege to just shy, shut everything in their life down and then go, I don't know, to a camp for a month or something, you know? Those are things that are not realistic. Now, now again, not everyone... Uh, weight loss surgery is not going to be a mecca for everyone. There are people who it's not right for, right? That is correct. And, uh, at, at, uh, and I'm glad you brought that up. At SVH, we are very, very... Uh, focused on a high quality and good result program. We don't want to do a very large volume program. We don't want to operate in the entire Bronx. We want to make sure that the people that we help uh, and assist with these interventions are going to benefit the maximum out of it. They're going to have a preoperative workup that will include somebody uh, being evaluated by a heart doctor that's going to make sure that the heart is, is in good condition. They're going to be uh, screened for sleep apnea. They're also going to have a, a psychological, psychosocial evaluation to make sure this is a tool that will impact them positively and that they are mentally ready to get this intervention. To give you an example of a person that would not be a good candidate uh, from that perspective, it would be somebody who has no family support, somebody that uh, has a, an addiction to drugs, or somebody who, it, you know, being depressed doesn't disqualify you for this. But being depressed and ignoring treatment is, is a red flag. Okay, so once someone is cleared and you've decided they're a good candidate for the surgery, what surgery options are there? So, yeah, the process takes about between four and six months. And during this time interval, the patient has been seeing a dietitian and sees me at the initial encounter. And we kind of put together what are the patient's uh, goals for weight loss and what do they have in mind as a surgery. I know how to do an extensive number of bariatric operations, but I do know that I'm not the one living with the operation. And I have to make sure that whatever intervention we do is A, 
long-lasting, B, non-experimental, and C, performed in a way that is going to help this patient achieve their goals. So, so for those patients who are familiar with bariatric surgery, what are the surgeries that you do? The surgeries that we do at, at SBH are um, the vertical sleeve gastrectomy, which uh, entails removing approximately 75 to 80% of the stomach, the part that distends the most, and we leave a, a muscular tube of stomach that is, uh, if you think about, you know, colloquial terms, if you think of a bottle, of two-liter bottle, that's how, how much the stomach gets distended. If you make it uh, so that it only can hold about 120 ml, like a half a can of a, of a soda, like half, half of a can is about the size that the stomach ends up being with the sleeve gastrectomy. So it is a smaller stomach um, because uh, the, the portion that is removed also produces some hormones that make you hungry. So that helps a lot. And the gastric bypass is the other surgery. The other right? surgery that we, we offer is the uh, laparoscopic Roux & Y gastric bypass. In this operation, we create a small pouch out of the upper part of the stomach, about the size of a, of a fist. And we then measure the intestine and divide it at a point in which one of the two ends goes up to this new, new smaller stomach and the other one connects to the intestine itself. It how, is, how do you determine which one is right for certain patients? So in our initial encounter, we discuss the medical problems. I tend to recommend for patients that are diabetics, especially those with high, with difficult control uh, and insulin dependence, uh, the gastric bypass is proven to be a better and longer lasting intervention. Uh, in addition, People with the gastric bypass can lose more weight in average than those with the sleeve gastrectomy. The caveat to that is if you have the gastric bypass, you must take vitamins for the rest of your life. And we need someone that is, you know, fully aware that they need to take care of themselves in this way forever. And that is a big commitment. Now, again, I, I know you have a, a full-time a registered dietitian working within your program. I guess she gets involved during the, the preoperative stage? Yes. Uh, so uh, we have a ser uh, several number of consultants, and our dietitian uh, is not, uh, you know, may I, I may say, it's not like a skinny mini know it all that's going to tell you you are doing everything wrong and shame you in a, in a way that a lot of dietitians do uh, without really focusing on the patient's best interest and and uh, and all the struggles that the patient's going through. She is a dedicated dietitian for bariatric patients. She understands the struggles, goes through them, on, and tries to really, really get into 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 the position to understand you completely, so that then she can figure out a best plan to help you. And this plan is deployed over about six months. Uh, after after the intervention is is done, well, we don't stop there. We follow up with the patients forever. But the first year is critical, and the dietitian plays a big role there. They also can reach us by phone at any point. I know one thing that you told me when the program first began is that for your patients, it's a tr transformative change. They change their lives. And so that just means not just having the surgery, but changing who they really are. Right. Who they really are comes out 
And sometimes there are insecurities that need to be dealt with and having our, our patients plugged into our, our um, psych, psychological uh, evaluation um, department helps them a lot deal with the changes in the, 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 the way they perceive themselves, the changes uh, and the emotions they feel about uh, people's perceptions of them. How, how come they never looked at me before and now that I lost the weight, they look at me so I feel angry about it, for, to give you an example. Or uh, I feel so good about myself, I feel like I want to run a marathon and do everything I didn't do before. But wait, the, everything takes a process. We need to pace ourselves and, 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 and be ready so that every, every challenge is met with a successful outcome and not a failure. Because failure defines all the timings that they try to lose weight before and they couldn't. Yeah, so it's really a marathon, not a sprint. Is that that's fair to right. say? That's a that's it's a lifelong journey that will have slip and falls, and we're going to be there to help. Um, if someone wants more information, so uh, they can reach us at uh, the bariatric center. Uh, they can reach us directly at seven one eight nine six zero three eight seven one. Uh, and uh, they can also uh, uh, reach out through uh, our clinics at the at the Bronx Park, and that would be seven one eight eight six three eight six nine five. And another number in case they they get stuck with those two is seven one eight nine six zero six one two seven. Okay, great. Thank you, Dr. Namias, for joining us on SBH. Bronx Health Talk. Thank you very much for having me, Steve. I really appreciate it. Okay, you've heard another episode of SBH Bronx Health Talk. Thanks for joining us.